0: Hello and welcome to Capital Cast, a regular podcast of Capital News Illinois. Today we're sharing the last forum that included statewide candidates for office that was organized by the Illinois Associated Press media editors. It's a debate between Democratic Attorney General Kwame Raoul and his challenger, a downstate private practice attorney, Thomas DeVore. The discussion is about an hour long. You'll hear an intro from Allison Petty of Lee Enterprises, while Lee reporter Brendan Moore and I will be doing the questioning. So we'll get right into it. All right. So
1: I'm Allison Petty. I'm the editor of Lee Enterprises Central Illinois Newspapers and a member of the Illinois Associated Press Media Editors Association Board. Thank you all for being here today. We are coming together for a unique interview with the two major party candidates for Illinois Attorney General, Democratic incumbent Kwame Raoul and Republican Tom DeVore. This interview is part of a new initiative from the Illinois AP Media Editors Association, which has brought together more than 20 newspapers across the state from every region of the state. Questions were solicited from those news organizations and they all plan to post coverage and recording of this interview. Our interview panel today consists of from Capitol News Illinois reporter Peter Hancock and Bureau Chief Jerry Nowicki, and from Lee Enterprises, State House Reporter, Brendan Moore. Brendan is going to start off our questioning today, so I will toss it to you, Brendan.
2: Thank you, Allison, and uh, thank you both the candidates. Uh, First question is for Mr. DeVore. Uh, The Attorney General is charged with defending the state in lawsuits and had a major role in doing so amid the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, Mr. DeBoer, you were a litigant in many of those cases. What would have looked different in that scenario with an Attorney General DeBoer?
3: You know, the Attorney General does have uh, the duty to defend the state parties in lawsuits. Also it says, has at the same time, the duty to defend the people of the state of Illinois. So dealing with these questions regarding the mandates, the Attorney General had a decision to make. He had a decision to make on whether or not he was going to represent the people, Or represent the governor or the other state agencies. And I think one of the things we've learned over the course of the last couple of years is that there was a fair question to be asked about the extent of the governor's ability to issue some of those mandates. You know you have some on one side of the conversation saying he could absolutely do it, you had some that said he absolutely couldn't, but I think we would all agree as intellectual people there was a fair question. And if there's a fair question as to whether or not the people of our state are being disenfranchised by executive power of the governor, if I would have been the attorney general, my administration would have taken the side of the people and defended them against this executive overreach. And the governor would have been left to get his own attorneys to make the arguments for himself in court. That's where I think our current attorney general went wrong. He should have defended the people and not defended the governor every step of the way. Thank you.
2: Uh, and I'll, I'll give uh, Attorney
4: General Rowell a chance to respond to that. Certainly. Um, let me say I was proud to uh, have done both, represented uh, the government and represent the people. Um, we were faced with a deadly pandemic that uh, was unprecedented, uh, it was indeed an emergency. We, were, we had our hospitals overflowing, we had people dying. I had personal friends who have died from the uh, uh, coronavirus. And so there was no inconsistency in representing uh, the, the government actors and representing the people. And the numbers demonstrated. Uh, if you compare us uh, to states that surrounded us, who did not uh, impose the same type of mitigations we we impose on a per capita basis? We save more lives. We we hospitalize uh, uh, less less people. We had less people going on uh, ventilators, and 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 that's what emergency powers are meant to do—to uh, to save lives. And uh, so I would do nothing differently than uh, we had done, and and. The, I, I will agree with Mr. DeVore, it was a fair question to ask, but how many times you ask it uh, is a fair question to ask too. It was a- asked and answered multiple times in multiple lawsuits uh, and the court's resources should not have been abused as they were.
2: And Mr. DeVore, you can have a very briefly chance to respond to that.
3: Yeah, I have a very brief response. I mean. Everything that I just heard Mr. Arwell talk about was about the policy positions that were pursued by the executive branch. That's where, with all due respect, he missed the issue completely. Any of those policies that the governor thought were appropriate should have been pursued and vetted through the General Assembly. And the legislature should have been the one to craft those solutions. And to the extent they would have done that, we would have not been in court. We were in court because the executive officer took it upon himself to go to doing executive fiat tantamount to lawmaking in violation of separation of powers. If our attorney general would have stood up and said that this is an excessive use, like Judge grisho did, calling it the evil that the law was intended to protect the people against, we wouldn't have had to have gone down this path. But we went down this path, not because of the policies, but because of the excessive nature that the executive branch was disregarding
2: the legislature. All right, we'll on to the next question. Uh, This is for Attorney General Raul. Uh, Earlier this Mm -hmm. year, uh, you pushed through a bill aiming at cracking down on organized retail crime. Uh, It gave the Attorney General's office additional power to go after so-called kingpins behind those crimes. Uh, To what extent have you begun to implement this,
4: and what have been the results? Yeah, uh, thank you for the question. So. We started working on organized retail crime prior to uh, uh, getting the the bill passed. And so we've we've had uh, several successes, including recovering millions of dollars of merchandise um, that was stolen on its way to retail establishments, uh, busting a a crime ring that was stealing automobiles, uh, recently having busted a uh, a ring that was stealing uh, televisions. And uh, we have uh, several ongoing investigations and we're collaborating with both state's attorneys, uh, police departments and chiefs, uh, law enforcement partners, both on the federal, uh, uh, state and local levels. Uh, I cannot uh, say on this interview um, for the sake of not compromising um, some stings that we have on ongoing uh, what, what we're doing, but I, I think we're very successful. In addition, we've gone around the state uh, training law enforcement partners on this issue. We've, uh, we've uh, had participation by loss prevention experts from retail establishments that have been focused on this for years. Uh, nationally, I think in the past year, it's been $68 billion of loss from organized retail crime. Uh, if we dismiss it as isolated uh, retail theft actions instead of uh, 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 organized crime scheme, um, we're we're not treating it the right way, and so training law enforcement is an important part of it as well.
2: And just a very brief follow up, but uh, do you, do you see your office the role as more in a supporting role for 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 uh, uh, local jurisdictions, or or do you really see uh, the attorney general's office leading uh, some of these investigations?
4: Uh, we are leading uh, some of the in, in investigations, and we have been uh, even prior to. Um, the, the law that gave us the uh, direct authority by way of our statewide grand jury act um, to prosecute um, these specific crimes. This, uh, the Attorney General's Office, it's important to understand, does not have original authority to uh, uh, prosecute the crimes, you know, regard. Uh, the, or the, the statewide grand jury act gives us authority for specific crimes such as gang activity that goes across uh, county boundaries, human trafficking, gun trafficking, internet crimes against children. We asked for, and the legislature gave us organized retail crime as another uh, such authority that we can bring directly without asking permission of a local state's attorney uh, to bring, bring action. So we do intend to continue leading and to be lead prosecutors on it as well.
2: Thank you very much. Um, for these next of questions, I'm gonna turn over to Jerry Nowicki. Sure. Uh, hey, gentlemen, Do thank you, you for being here. I'm sorry,
3: did I not get the opportunity to respond to the Statewide Grand Jury Act?
2: Um, Is that okay? I just didn't sure. know the format. Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. very, very, very briefly, yep.
3: Just briefly, I would wanna say that, that, again, I was getting cut out a little bit with uh, Mr. Raul. I apologize, but one of the points I wanted to make The Statewide Grand Jury Act is not the limitation for which the Attorney General's office can help fight crime. Uh, Mr. Raul is incorrect in that he does have concurrent jurisdiction with state's attorneys in every one of the 102 counties. Illinois Supreme Court has made it clear that he has concurrent jurisdiction and can choose to go into any county he wants and to pursue criminal cases if he deems it necessary. The state's attorneys may have a problem with that and may want to try to to limit his ability to do that. But it is not true that he doesn't have concurrent jurisdiction. He, in fact, can do that if he chooses to do so. That's all I
0: had. You know, uh, we were going to get into crime as a sort of the AG's role in crime. So uh, Attorney General Raul, maybe we'll skip there and just if you want to go uh, into should should the AG's office be playing a bigger role in prosecuting crime in Illinois? or what role do you play currently?
4: Oh, sure. Um, We, um, well, I already touched on our leadership on organized retail crime. Um, uh, Normally when we come in at the county level on offenses that are not enumerated in the statewide grand jury act, uh, we do so uh, in conflict situations. For instance, we've uh, prosecuted a number of uh, murders in Vermillion County. Uh, over the last uh, uh, few years, uh, we prosecuted in Winnebago County uh, um, a public integrity case against a uh, the Winnebago c- uh, County uh, uh, coroner. Uh, these arise out of situations where where uh, there was a conflict with with this uh, state's attorney. Uh, additionally, uh, we do collaborate on investigations. Uh, we lead the Internet Crimes Against uh, Children Task Force in 101 of the 102 two counties throughout the state. Uh, we have a very sophisticated investigative high-tech crimes team that investigates these crimes that are uh, uh, on the rise. We have uh, additionally uh, partnered, I've made strategic hires. Uh, I hired a woman who now serves as my chief of staff, former uh, U.S. attorney in the Northern District. Uh, uh, to uh, help increase our partnership with federal law enforcement. My chief investigator is a former FBI agent. Uh, I hired a, a, a career uh, prosecutor from DuPage County to be my deputy at AG of criminal. And these strategic hires have, have been critical at allowing us to partner with law enforcement agencies on uh, gun running cases, on um, organized retail crime cases. Uh, whether it's human trafficking, um, on on a number of cases, we co-chair a task force with the FBI with regards to IDES uh, fraud, and we've had several indictments on that front. Oh, I should add that we also went to the legislature uh, to ask for authority. Just yesterday, not too far from my home, there was a shooting. Um, well, just early earlier this morning, um, on the um, feeder ramp on, on Ohio, uh, I partnered with uh, uh, Director Brendan Kelly to go to legislature to get authority for us to directly prosecute gun crimes on state roads.
0: And then uh, to Mr. Raul, it sounds like you want, or pardon me, Mr. DeVore, uh sounds like you want to maybe expand the investigative authority under the Attorney General's office. So how does it look different uh, under your administration than than what we're seeing currently? And do you need added resources to realize your vision?
3: Well, coming to the second part of that first, talking about what we need added resources, I'm not the incumbent attorney general, so I haven't had the benefit of Mr. Raul's knowledge of knowing where those resources are currently being deployed and how you might be able to take existing resources and use them differently. I'm not suggesting that he should do that or needs to do that I'm just merely saying I don't have the benefit of that information to date but you know the the attorney general points something out that I think maybe is a little bit philosophically different than him and I uh, is that the attorney general has concurrent jurisdiction with the county state's attorneys he has the ability if he chooses to to go into a county and to prosecute crimes even the one that he just talked about where he's uh, talking about seeking legislative ability to do that, he doesn't need it. He can do it now. The Illinois Supreme Court said decades and decades ago he has concurrent jurisdiction. Now, if he starts getting pushback from a county state's attorney, there may have to be that may have to be addressed in the court. But he certainly can take the first step if he chooses to do so. It doesn't have to merely be a conflict situation. One example, I mean, I, I've heard Mr. Raul talk about the the retail theft. I have been into almost every county in Cook and the Collar Counties, especially talking to local law enforcement about retail theft that's spiraling out of control. Their their views on that, there's a lot of reasons they think that's happening, but one of them is is that Kim Fox and Cook County has chosen to arbitrarily decide not to prosecute felony offenses for theft unless they break $1,000, even though the statute says otherwise. Uh, Mr. Raul, if he chose to, could use not only the boy pulpit that he has to bring attention to that statewide, he could also go in and choose to prosecute those himself, Again, if he thought it was necessary. Those are the conversations we need to be having, and again, it's not related to conflict-only situations. And if Kim Fox wants to try to stall or to otherwise get in the way of the Attorney General's office, she can take a shot at that if she wants to, but it doesn't take legislative authority to do that if the Attorney General wants to.
0: Okay, so Brandon, I'm going to skip around here again, but um, Mr. DeVore, you brought up uh, Kim Fox and at the Illinois State Fair, you said uh, she better get to prosecuting or we'll find a way to prosecute her. Is that an indication of, of your plan to prosecute political opponents or, or I guess, find a way to prosecute? Her? That, that, that it seems like a broad statement for uh, the Attorney General.
3: It's a very broad statement, and she's not a political opponent of mine. But look, there is a message for people that travel this state. If you actually travel the state and you talk to people, they're frustrated with elected officials arbitrarily making decisions that don't make any sense to them. And while as you're talking about this specific question, prosecutorial discretion is one thing. But when you take prosecutorial discretion to the point that you may be engaging in official misconduct yourself by failing to perform a duty that the law requires you to perform, that's at least a conversation that has to be had, not just with Kim Fox, but with other public officials. They have a duty to perform their job and to merely just arbitrarily choose what they wanna do that they think's best based upon whatever social policies that they wanna pursue. There's a real legitimate conversation to be had there about whether that rises to the level of official misconduct. It needs to be a conversation that's had at all levels. Otherwise, we just have public officials doing whatever they think is right to do, regardless of what the law might say. That's what that comment was intended.
0: What would your threshold be then? I'll let you, uh, just a second, uh, Attorney General, what would your threshold then be for engaging in that type of uh, prosecution or investigation. Again,
3: you have to look again, you're talking specifically about Ms. Fox.
0: Sure. Yeah. And anyone sure. else? Because it sounds like if you apply it to her, you're going to want to apply it to quite a few people.
3: Well, you've got to apply it again universally across the state. Again, we'll talk about generally at any elected office, any elected office. Let's take Mr. Jones, for example, that was just now under federal indictment under the red light camera legislation if in fact what he's alleged to do is official misconduct and why is it over the course of since Governor Pritzker's been in office we've had nine public officials indicted by the federal prosecutors for engaging in again unlawful conduct it shouldn't be the federal prosecutors doing all of that we as a people in Illinois should be doing that investigating them ourselves and making those determinations one by one specifically whether or not there's official misconduct going on by our public officials we need to do that and give confidence to our people that we are actually looking at that because if you travel this state the people who are the important ones think that it's a free-for-all and that public officials aren't held to account for if they're doing things inappropriately the attorney general's office needs to take an active role in putting confidence in that office that they are investigating and when necessary pursuing those charges. It shouldn't be taken lightly. It's a very serious conversation, but it's a conversation that's not been happening for a long time in our state.
0: Okay, Angie, Raul, you can respond to that. And then uh, also is the, why, um, why do you think, uh, is the federal government doing a good enough job uh, investigating these crimes?
4: You asked me, is the federal government doing a good enough job?
0: Yeah. I guess just to Mr. DeVore's point, um, why would it be your office instead of the current uh, level of investigation that's occurring with the U.S. Attorney's Office currently to look into corruption?
4: In, in all of the 50 states, the 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 uh, federal government tends to be the, the top prosecutor and investigator because they have the FBI at their disposal of public corruption. It's it's not uh, it's not limited to the state of Illinois, I challenge Mr. DeBoer or anybody else to look at the numbers in each and every one of the 50 states. We do have, uh, uh, we have charged 24 uh, public integrity uh, cases since uh, during my, during my tenure and we have 11 uh, current public corruption cases. I want to touch a little bit on the notion of prosecuting a prosecutor for the, uh, 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 Exercise of their discretion or the the notion of of, of a candidate for attorney general saying that I'll find a way. That's a signal of somebody who will abuse the authority given to the attorney general. Mr. DeVore also said after prevailing in his primary how many of the uh, uh, establishment Republicans congratulated me on my uh, victory? Zero. I may have to investigate them before I investigate Governor Pritzker. Those are dangerous statements, particularly in today's environment. Uh, There have been prosecutors who have been prosecuted for abusing uh, uh, their authority in, in, in political ways, and somebody who overtly makes these statements as a candidate for attorney general should not be let anywhere near the door of the attorney general's office.
0: I guess Mr. DeVore, is there any is there any uh thing you need to respond to there in terms of um the types of statements uh you're on the record is is going and do you need to mitigate those types of statements uh either in this race? Okay, so we uh were giving you an opportunity to sort of explain or contextualize some of the content comments you made that had uh, uh Mr. Raul had cited. And we certainly didn't, we we didn't hear anything from your initial. Response.
3: OK, well, that, that's good. When, when Mr. Raul says that I've made dangerous statements. Because I raise the issues that people across this state are talking about, if you actually talk to them. And I say to the people listening to this and to Attorney General Raul, that a dangerous statement is going on television as the Attorney General and lying to people saying that you have REFERRED THE JENNY THORNLEY WORKMAN'S COMP FRAUD MATTER TO THE APPELLATE PROSECUTOR'S OFFICE WHILE SIMULTANEOUSLY THE APPELLATE PROSECUTOR HAS SENT correspondence TO THE ATTORNEY GENERAL'S OFFICE SAYING YOU'VE NEVER REFERRED ANYTHING TO US. WE DON'T KNOW WHY YOU WOULD REFER THAT TO US. WE DON'T DO WORK COMP PROSECUTION. AND THEN IF YOU THINK THERE'S A CONFLICT FOR WHICH WE SHOULD BE APPOINTED, FILE A MOTION WITH THE COURT AND HAVE THEM APPOINT US. THAT IS THE MOST DANGEROUS STATEMENT I'VE HEARD as a deflection of the obligations of our attorney general is because it implicates the governor's office and the governor's office is the largest campaign contributor for for the attorney general. That's the most dangerous statement of actually lying to people that you've done something that you've not done. And so I take issue with him raising comments that I've made without remotely considering the fact that again, I don't believe to date I've ever got on camera and lied to the people of this state, thank you.
0: Okay, Mr. Elrod, you can respond there and uh, maybe provide as much context as you can. Uh, yeah, you I'll, re- I'll, I'll
4: respond. I'll respond to his allegations of me lying on uh, about the Je- Jenny Thorn- Thornley uh, matter. But I, but I would like to point out, he didn't answer the question about saying that he would investigate uh, Republicans. Uh, he didn't answer the question about uh, looking for a way to prosecute. Kim Fox. He did not. He deflected with regards to Jenny Thornley. uh, We did uh, contact the uh, uh, Dan Wright, the Sangamon State's Attorney, Sangamon County State's Attorney. We did directly have conversations with uh, Special Prosecutor John Barnard at the State Appellate Prosecutor's Office, who had already been handling uh, a, a a matter of fraud with regards to Jenny Thornley alerting them about the uh, uh, workers' compensation matter. So uh, Mr. DeVore is either uninformed or he just wants the name call. Uh, The reality is Mr. Robinson, who I spoke to after he made his his comment and sent that letter, acknowledged that we had communicated with the state appellate prosecutor's office uh, in in, uh, January and February of this year and acknowledge that they were aware of the matter, and acknowledge that they already had a case uh, that they were prosecuting, and it was logical for them to decide how they they utilize the workers' compensation uh, allegation, whether as it's, it's an aggravating matter in the ongoing prosecution that they have with Ms. Thornley, or whether they file uh, a, a different case. So I I, I lied to no one. And he still hasn't responded about saying he would investigate Republicans uh, that uh, didn't congratulate.
3: I'll investigate any public official in the state, regardless of political party, if they've alleged to do wrongdoing, including the governor whose name is on the fraudulent workman's compensation documents. And again, the attorney general just deflected while well, accusing me of deflecting. He needs to commit, if in fact he's not deflecting, that he'll file a motion in Sangamon County asking to have the special prosecutor appointed in regard to the work comp fraud of Jenny Thornley. Commit to the people that he'll file that motion now and not wait till after the election and we won't have to talk about it anymore.
4: Let me me just find, let me if I could just, because it's important um, to recognize that um, there are two people running for Attorney General One who has experience as a prosecutor and one who has never uh, served as a prosecutor and would know that you you just don't go fishing. You don't just say you're going to investigate somebody or you're going to prosecute somebody unless you have facts or evidence to lead you in that direction. You don't use the power of this office as a tool to go after people you just don't like. That's an Attorney General do you want me to show them the email from the
3: division of insurance who said this is a clear case of workman's comp fraud and they would re- recommend it for prosecution if they know somebody will prosecute it. Clear case. I'll give the email to these reporters and they can show it. It's not a fishing expedition. They've confirmed it's fraud, but they know nobody will prosecute it because you won't let them.
1: And so I've I'm never been a Bishop. prosecutor.
3: I've never been a prosecutor, but you know who was never a prosecutor? Lisa Madigan, and she was exponentially more effective as attorney general.
4: Let, let me be clear Last about word. what I was saying about fishing expedition. He still hasn't answered the question about investigating Republicans. For what? or prosecuting Kim Fox. He just says, I would investigate or I would prosecute. That is what I would call a fishing expedition. If you don't have evidence of wrongdoing, why are you saying that you're going to investigate? All
2: right. Brendan Moore, back to you. Thank you, Jerry. Um, and so we have to move on a little bit. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry. No, no, it's all good. Uh, but uh, moving, uh, jump around a little bit. But um, Mr. DeVore, uh, and you brought up earlier in your comments uh, uh, the topic of prosecutorial discretion and you know maybe a, a local states here is not kind of performing uh, their duty under the law. Um, gonna move on to kind of maybe a similar topic. So, um, just on, on the issue of the safety act and crime, are you spoken out against that act and how and criticize how the legislation was enacted? Um, if you are elected attorney general and the safety act remains the law of the state, will you ensure that the law is followed, even if you think it might be unconstitutional? Well, if it's unconstitutional,
3: which it is, and I don't just say that I say that we now have over 50, state's attorneys in the state of Illinois who are now doing for all intents and purposes, the attorney general's job in bringing causes of action on numerous counts that it's unconstitutional. It is in fact unconstitutional. The case law is clear from five decades ago that the legislature can't arbitrarily create bailable versus non-bailable categories. The law is crystal clear. It's not even a question. So again, to the extent there are unconstitutional provisions in there, it has to be deemed unconstitutional. If a court rules that it's constitutional and its provisions are lawfully adopted, then the attorney general's office has an obligation to uphold it. That's absolutely true. But before we even have that conversation, we got to get past now 50 and growing arguments by county states attorneys that this thing has several bases
2: for being declared
3: unconstitutional.
2: Uh to follow up as as the state's lawyer. Uh, WOULD IT NOT BE YOUR RESPONSIBILITY TO DEFEND THE STATE, uh, DEFEND A LAW THAT WAS PASSED BY DULY ELECTED REPRESENTATIVES AND SIGNED BY THE GOVERNOR?
3: ABSOLUTELY NOT. I HAVE AN EQUAL OBLIGATION, IF I BELIEVE THAT IT WAS PASSED, AND IT IS IN FACT SUBSTANTIVELY UNCONSTITUTIONAL, I HAVE A FACT TO ACTUALLY TAKE ACTION AGAINST THEM, SIMILAR TO WHAT THE STATE'S ATTORNEYS HAVE DONE, TO BRING AN ACTION ON BEHALF OF THE PEOPLE. YOU KNOW, WE KEEP TALKING ABOUT THESE STATE ACTORS, The Attorney General has a duty to the people of this state to defend them against unconstitutional conduct from the governor's office, from the legislature, and that's what we're dealing with here. So, bringing that action and having it deemed constitutional or unconstitutional is a threshold question. Once that question has been answered, then the Attorney General knows how to move forward. But no, you don't just arbitrarily sit back and say, well, the legislature passed it, the governor signed it, I have a duty to defend it, that's what attorney generals do whose top two contributors to their campaigns are in fact the executive and the legislature. If you're representing everybody equally, you have a duty to the people to raise these issues. And again, these issues are glaring. It's not even a a fair question as to whether this act was passed in a constitutional manner. It was absolutely passed unconstitutionally.
2: Just a quick follow-up on that, but uh, so you're saying if, if you are elected and, and assuming that, that the governor is re-elected, uh, would you sue the governor in your official capacity uh, over this or any other laws that, that you may think are unconstitutional? It doesn't matter what governor
3: it is. If it's Governor Bailey that gets elected and I believe on behalf of the people of this state that there is an unconstitutional law, I will sue him too because that's what you have to do. That's the oath that you took. Doesn't matter whether it's Governor Pritzker, Governor Bailey, Governor Rauner, if the law is unconstitutional, you have a duty to protect the people. And so if Bailey's elected governor or Pritzker's elected governor, and the Safety Act is still in question because this has not been resolved yet. And if it's not been resolved by that time, and it's my administration, I will intervene as the attorney general, and we will take up the issue for the courts to decide the constitutionality, which is what attorney general Raul should do right now. Um,
0: all right.
3: Let the court answer the question.
2: Right. Mr. Attorney General, I'll give you a chance to respond as well, but I'll also uh, add this follow-up. Of, uh, just on the safety act, uh, what components uh, do you think should be
4: revisited and possibly changed and why? Sure. Um, with regards to safety act, um, The Safety Act is a comprehensive uh, uh, bill that has a lot of components and I want to say this about the Safety Act because one of the components of of the Safety Act was police certification and enhancement of our police certification process and I sat, I presided over 25 meetings with state's attorneys, police chiefs, sheriffs uh, to develop that uh, component of the bill. In fact, the chiefs of police gave me their public servant of, uh, of the year award as a result of the work on the Safety Act. Uh, With regards to components uh, that uh, merit looking at, and I think the legislature is in that process and they're in touch with uh, some state's attorneys as as well as other, as chiefs of police and and others, um, uh, clarifying uh, with regards to um, law enforcement officers, uh, capacity to remove somebody uh, from a scene in, in a case of trespass. Uh, clarifying uh, the capacity uh, to uh, hold somebody. Um, there could be some uh, language changes with regards to people who may be a threat to the public at large or, or, or to an, individuals. I think those are uh, two major components that um, can use um, some clarifying there's conversations that are ongoing there's a veto session in between uh the time of enactment um and 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 now uh they've already revisited other components of the safety act uh, prior to those earlier enactment uh dates and they and, and and so i think this uh will take care of itself in and the ordinary legislative uh uh process meanwhile i do have the Obligation to defend the lawsuits that uh, some of my uh, 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 partners in, in in law enforcement have filed, but we have ongoing conversations at the same time.
2: And then, uh, uh, Attorney General, if you could um, uh, just to follow up. Uh, I guess, how, how do you view your your uh, role uh, in terms of, uh, I guess, defending state laws? Um, uh, 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 I guess, uh, does, does, uh, your personal opinion about the constitutionality of, of, of the law play a factor, uh, if if the law is signed by the legislature or signed by the governor, passed by the legislature?
4: Yeah, I think it does. I think, you know, my obligation as a lawyer in general is, is towards justice. And so if, um, you know, the evidence is, is such, or the law is such that, um, um, I ha- I would have to concede, uh, on, un- unconstitutionality. I would have a, a conversation with my client and, um, and, uh, we'd have to do so. I don't believe that's the, the case here. And so we're going to vigorously, uh, defend the lawsuits.
2: All right. Uh, I'll turn it back over to Jerry.
0: Okay, so we, we had touched on this a, a little bit, Attorney General Raul, but um, your first term when you ran, you had a large focus on gun crime and your public advertising and, and your campaign speeches. Have you done enough um, uh, to uh, curtail that in your first term? And how do you uh, start on your second? Uh, to the
4: first answer your first question, have I done enough? No. Um, IF I HAD uh, DONE ENOUGH, um, WE WOULDN'T HAVE the, THE LEVEL OF GUN VIOLENCE uh, THAT WE HAVE. HAVE I DONE A LOT? YES. Uh, WE CREATED, a, 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 I HIRED a DATA SCIENTISTS AND, and WE have CREATED a, WHAT WE CALL CRIME GUN CONNECT, A STATE-OF-THE-ART CRIME GUN TRACING PLATFORM. WHAT I DO KNOW ABOUT THE GUN VIOLENCE THAT IS EXPERIENCED, um, BECAUSE, YOU KNOW, AS YOU MENTIONED, AS A CANDIDATE FOR ATTORNEY GENERAL, I TALKED ABOUT HOW GUN VIOLENCE HAD OCCURRED DIRECTLY OUTSIDE OF MY HOME WHILE MY KIDS WERE AT HOME, HOW A 13-YEAR-OLD BOY WHEN MY SON WAS 13 WAS SHOT DIRECTLY ACROSS THE STREET FROM MY HOME, SO IT'S SOMETHING THAT I'M VERY PASSIONATE ABOUT. I'VE HAD FRIENDS WHO HAVE LOST SONS uh, TO GUN VIOLENCE, SONS AND DAUGHTERS TO GUN VIOLENCE, uh, SO I'M DEDICATED TO IT. I, I'VE pro- I, I've uh, FILED SUIT uh, SUCCESSFULLY TO HAVE THE LICENSE OF A ROGUE GUN DEALER uh, THAT uh, MANUFACTURES GUNS THAT ARE ILLEGAL TO OWN IN... Illinois that are cheap guns. Uh, we've, we've had their uh, license, uh, revoked. I've prosecuted gun runners. Um, again, uh, I've sought authority from the legislature and got it to, to be able to prosecute gun, uh, crimes on, uh, um, state roads. Um, we've partnered with Secret Services National Threat Assessment Center, and we've done over 10, uh, trainings to, on how to avoid Uh, TARGETED VIOLENCE SUCH AS THE TARGETED VIOLENCE THAT OCCURRED ON THE 4th OF JULY WHERE AND IT'S MADE VERY PERSONAL TO ME BECAUSE ONE OF MY PROSECUTORS WAS ACTUALLY A SURVIVOR TOOK A BULLET TO THE ELBOW ON THE 4th OF of JULY AND SO I DIFFER WITH uh, 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 MR. DEVORE WHO WOULD um, uh, ADVERTISE A a FUNDRAISER WHERE HE WOULD HAVE A GUN RAFFLE um, RIGHT AFTER A TRAGIC 4th OF JULY. uh, shooting. Uh, instead, I've been partnering, trying to prevent uh, such uh, acts of targeted violence, and we, we will continue to do so. Those are just a few of the things that uh, that we've done in, in, in addition to prosecuting to prosecuting murder cases and and and, and other uh, violent uh, cases.
0: Okay, Mr. DeVore, what can the state do, uh, or what can the attorney general do in terms of of gun crime? Any other uh, comments, I guess, on, on that gun raffle as well?
3: Knowing about a gun raffle. If somebody had a fundraiser across the state for me that uh, had a gun raffle, one, I don't find it inappropriate that they did that. It's legal. You know, maybe our attorney general can come back to actually dealing with what's legal and what's not versus using uh, political banter. But again, if somebody had a gun raffle at an event for a fundraiser of me, you know so be it but I can't recall specifically what event he's talking about or if I would have even been there uh, but dealing with gun violence I hear everything that the uh, Mr Raul talks about you know what I don't hear him talking about is what the people in these communities have to say about any of this because I have spent a lot of time there and there's a lot of common themes that come out of these uh conversations one is many of them don't even know who the attorney general is let alone what he might have been doing to help crime in their communities there's a combination of a couple of things they talk about. One is the ac- the absolute economic disparity of their communities and how without that being addressed simultaneously with the crime, that it's just a circle that continues to perpetuate itself. And so getting legislature to talk about what they can do to help those communities, the Attorney General needs to use his voice to help accomplish that. And if that's happening, I can tell you the folks that I'm talking to don't hear that. Another thing is, is Anywhere you're at in this nation, anywhere in this state, it is a common conversation of what's going on in Cook County and Chicago being soft on crime, the gun crimes. We see them all over everywhere. And I was at an event about a month ago. This young man was there. He was running a boat tour that I was on. And I asked him, I'm like, I said, you familiar with the crime? He says, yes, sir. I said, can you tell me what's wrong? He said, sir, and he didn't know who I was. He said, sir, when people who are inclined to commit crimes realize that the consequences for committing those crimes are getting softer and sometimes non-existent. They're likely to either continue to commit them or to commit more serious crimes. And so being tough on crime is an absolute necessity that's not happening in Cook County. The Attorney General can use his voice to help with that, and that will deal with some of this gun crime, but just merely going out and talking about GENERAL CONVERSATIONS LIKE THE ATTORNEY GENERAL WAS TALKED ABOUT, IT DOESN'T DEAL WITH THE ISSUES THAT THE PEOPLE ARE RAISING WHEN YOU ACTUALLY TALK TO THEM. SO IF YOU WANT TO BE TOUGH ON CRIME, BE TOUGH ON CRIME, GENERALLY SPEAKING, AND THE ONES THAT THEY'RE USING WEAPONS TO COMMIT WILL ALSO BENEFIT FROM THAT. IF PEOPLE REALIZE THAT WHEN YOU ACTUALLY GO DO THESE THINGS, THERE'S GOING TO BE SERIOUS CONSEQUENCES. JUST,
4: uh, just TO sure, RESPOND. Response, if I, yeah. If I mean. Sure. sure AS YOU ALL KNOW, I CAME uh, TO BE AN ATTORNEY GENERAL FROM 14 YEARS IN THE LEGISLATURE. AND ONE OF THE BILLS I PASSED uh, WAS TO MAKE SURE uh, THAT WE HAVE ENHANCED PENALTIES ON REPEAT GUN OFFENDERS. Uh, THAT WAS A a BILL THAT WAS CHAMPIONED BY uh, SENATOR Kwame Raoul AT THE TIME. Um, uh, ADDITIONALLY, WITH REGARDS TO INVESTMENT OF RESOURCES, I I DO AGREE WITH MR. DEVORE WITH REGARDS TO THE NEED OF uh, uh, INVESTMENT OF RESOURCES INTO THESE COMMUNITIES. Uh, we don't have a, a lot of resources that we have control of in, in, the, in the attorney general's office, but we do have a, um, a pool of funds that we uh, support organizations that deal with survivors of crime. Under my tenure, uh, we've expanded that to deal with violence prevention as well. So we supported groups such as Ready Chicago that has uh, given alternatives uh, to to young men and women who are at risk, and 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 that their program has been proven uh, uh, to work. And so um, perhaps Mr. DeVore has not heard about those uh, steps that I've taken, but uh, I do agree with him on, 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 on the notion of investment in, the, in these uh, communities.
0: Okay, so Mr. DeVore, I had a chat uh, uh, question from one of the editors here come up um, regarding your statement on uh, uh, officials being held to account for not carrying out laws. How does that play into uh, Chicago's status as a sanctuary city? And is there any level of attorney general action needed uh, in regard to that status?
3: Well, we have, you know, we have the state law that, you know, what is it called? I believe the attorney general would know that the, the trust act, the Illinois trust act that, you know, was signed by governor Rauner that deals with the issue of, you know, sanctuary, call it sanctuary status, but really that we don't participate and dealing with immigration issues with the federal government. So, you know, to me, we have the issue of law and whether that law is constitutionally in Illinois or constitutionally in the federal sense. I, as the attorney general would have any concern with policies, ordinances, et cetera, that disregard either federal or state law, okay? That's what I would have a problem with. So being a sanctuary state or city to the extent that it completely disregards someone's immigration status if they're here illegally, I have a problem with that because that's us saying we're going to ignore federal law. I don't think we should ignore any law.
0: Anybody need to be prosecuted for that or held to account um, for your illegal actions?
3: Well, again, the Illinois official misconduct talks about you can potentially be prosecuted for failing to perform a duty required by law. If you had a specific fact pattern of where someone may have had an obligation to do that, we could talk about it. Whether they could be prosecuted under state law for official misconduct of not enforcing a federal law, that's a very broad legal question that I don't think Mr. Raw or either one could give you off the cuff.
0: Okay. I'll go back to you, Brandon.
2: Gary. Uh, just very uh, briefly, we'll touch upon the issue of election integrity. Uh, first, just a yes or no answer to this question, but is Joe Biden our duly elected president? Yes. Uh, Yes. Okay. That was easy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Um, and, uh, next question would be, uh, do you see any circumstance where you might, through the attorney general's office, contest the results in Illinois in the 2024 election? Uh, What role does the attorney general's office have in ensuring election integrity? Um, And I guess I'll I'll start with uh, the attorney general on that.
4: Yeah, I I think the attorney general uh, does have a role in in, in ensuring election integrity and has long had a role and and, uh, um, along with local state's attorneys has um, um, uh, acted um, in, in a role of making sure that um, it's not electioneering at uh, uh, um, ballot places, at, at voting uh, locations, and making sure that any of uh, the election laws are not uh, being broken because uh, the integrity of our uh, uh, of elections is, is is central to 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 upholding our democracy. But uh, included with that is making sure that there's no um, uh, non meritorious uh, um, criticism of our, our election process, and we've ha- we've had a lot of that uh, nationally, and it undermines our democracy. We've seen the 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 behavior that has grown out of that, and it's a very very dangerous thing, and and that's why I've committed some of my staff to uh, working with an organization called States States United to to fight against. THAT EFFORT uh, TO UNDERMINE OUR uh, uh, DEMOCRACY AND uh, uh, UNDERMINE OUR ELECTIONS, THE INTEGRITY OF OUR ELECTIONS. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, MR. DEVORE?
3: AS MR. Raul STARTED THAT RESPONSE, I WAS LIKE, I AGREE WITH PRETTY MUCH ALL OF IT, TILL IT GOT TO THE PART ABOUT THEN GETTING OUTSIDE THE STATE OF ILLINOIS AND DEALING WITH, YOU KNOW, POLITICIZING IT BEYOND WHAT WE AS ATTORNEYS SHOULD BE DEALING WITH. The Attorney General's office has a significant role to play in making sure that we have elections that have high integrity, no doubt. How can we do that? You talked about specifically 2024. One of the things that I know the Republican party has done better that they've not done in the past in Illinois is having more poll watchers and election judges. That's something that the Democrats have been good at for some time. If after this election, if people bring specific articulable circumstances forward that says here's an issue that violates election law then those need to be pursued and potentially prosecuted by the attorney general but to the extent again this general vague conversation about election fraud that's a dangerous conversation so I do agree with Mr. Raul on that we have to make sure that when we're talking about election fraud especially in Illinois which is what him and I care about if we're going to be talking about investigation and prosecution, we have to have specific circumstances, and if those circumstances weren't it. So I, I doubt that him and I disagree
2: on that. Uh, and just to follow up quickly on that, uh, uh, the attorney general said that some of these lawsuits that uh, and these challenges we've seen in other states uh, undermine democracy. Uh, do you agree with that? I'm
3: willing to go that far because, again, this is, this is we're not dealing with propaganda here to create fodder for, to me, what doesn't matter, which is our state. You know, if there's people filing lawsuits in other states, I've heard about them. Are they trying to undermine democracy or whether they have specific articulable facts? I don't know. Maybe Mr. Raul knows, but I'm certainly not going to discredit people bringing forth causes of action, trying to make a point in a court of law. If it's not a meritorious ca- uh, case, the courts will dispose of those in short order.
2: All right, turn it back to Jerry.
0: Okay, Mr. DeVore, on the topic of lawsuits, uh, what happens to your private practice if you are elected attorney general? Do you completely step aside? I'm not even sure if there's prohibitions on uh, maintaining that office while uh, AG. But also, um, on the topic of lawsuits, you would sued the governor for calling you a grifter. You sued the mother of your girlfriend uh, for allegedly criticizing you. And then about five years ago, you'd sued a special education teacher for criticizing your characterization of some students as window lickers, uh, alleged characterization, maybe. Uh, So is the lawsuit a, a, a tool you're using to maybe quash public criticisms? And should we expect that level of private litigation from you if you are elected attorney general?
3: There's a lot of different questions in one statement there, and I'm not sure which ones to deal with but look let's talk about the attorney or the governor's comments the governor's comments he never at one time said that what he uh, called me which is a thief for all intents and purposes wasn't defamatory he raised the argument that as the governor he can defame people all he wants and go about saying whatever he likes and he has that immunity that was his argument as to these other causes of action those are personal issues uh, to the extent those persons are trying to say those things but in general I'll say merely because you know how many people are stifled to run for office because they're scared that they're going to be absolutely taken to task on their whole manner of things that exceed the office a lot you know what governor pritzker just sent a letter through his law firm to a news organization in the north saying that what you're doing is defamatory to me please stop so when it rises to the level of it's not just political talk and it's accusing people of committing crimes and saying other things that impugn their ability to do their job. But they have an absolute right to defend themselves. Me, the governor, Mr. Raul and anybody. And to suggest that it has some ulterior motive other than defending your character, I take issue with that because that's what it's about. The governor had the right to send that letter when he sent it no, just as much as I have the right to defend myself. And if someone says something like that to Mr. Raul, I would hope he would do the same thing.
0: What do you do with your uh, private practice if you become elected attorney general?
3: There's a lot of other lawyers in our office that are already handling most of those cases and would continue to handle those cases as well. So, you know- Would you accept
0: any income from that?
3: I will not be. Whether I would or wouldn't, I can tell you the answer is no. I've already made that clear to them that it's, again, I've not even looked into the details of that. Mr. Raul may know, but I know my decision that I made is not something that has to be vetted because I won't get any income from it. I won't be a part of it. I'll be completely disconnected and have nothing to do with the financial part of it.
0: And should we expect these level of private lawsuits from you uh, to continue if you're elected attorney general?
3: you mean you're asking me if somebody's going to defame me in the future
0: are you going to plan on uh suing people who speak ill of you as your attorney if you're attorney general
3: you know whoever asked that question i put them in the category of people that need to stick to reporting if someone defamed me anytime in the future am i going to defend myself absolutely but to suggest that that means you're going to go out and just start filing lawsuits against people at will that's a poor choice of words and completely irresponsible for whoever asked that question. Of course, I'm going to defend myself if I need to, no more than Attorney General Raul will defend himself. And, and Governor Pritzker currently defends himself. So it's not unique to me.
4: I can reply because I think this, your line of questions speaks to something that we as lawyers and certainly as Attorney General uh, have to have a uh, respect for. Us. And, and that's, of course, resources. Um you know, lawyers, uh, whether they're attorney general or in, independently, uh, can be sanctioned for abuse of, of, of filing uh, lawsuits uh, and non meritorious lawsuits. As we talk about the, law, the the defamation lawsuits that were referenced before, including uh, one for uh, against a special ed teacher for objecting uh, to Mr. Defour, uh, referring to uh, uh, some kids as window lickers. Um first off we don't I don't think we want the courts to be used to uh, to to uh, stop uh, teachers from being protective of of, of students when somebody's uh, gonna do something that I think is just unconscionable um, um, and then th- the other thing is uh, that's important to look at is uh, the outcome of those lawsuits uh, that lawsuit was, a, 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 um, you know, eventually dismissed, right? You know, and, and, and so it's one thing to fa- file a lawsuit. If you're really trying to file a meritorious lawsuit, carry it out uh, to the point where, where, where you know it has merit and you can prevail. Um, if the number, no, one you- def- the number one definition to, uh, the, the, the number one defense to defamation is truth.
3: You know, Attorney General Raul, let me just say what you just said on this camera is defamatory because you weren't there. You don't know anything about it. It was not everything to do with special needs kids. It didn't have anything to do with a special ed teacher. None of that. I didn't say anything about
4: special needs kids. Yes, you did. I said kids. kids.
3: You said said disabled kids. But you know what? I dropped dropped the case because the, the young man who made those defamatory statements was scared to death. And so why should i put him through more than i already went through so so don't talk about things you don't know what you're talking about i mean how many special needs kids have suffered tremendously for your failure to defend them against the governor's tyrannical behavior thousands and thousands of special needs kids have lost their learning that they'll never recover in their lifetime that's true and that's on you sir so please don't talk to me about some Alleged defamatory issue from five years ago, when the kids of this state will never recover from your failure to defend them against the governor. Please
4: don't go there with me, sir. Thank you for your reply, Miss Mr. Devore. Um, if, you, if you take time to rewatch the tape, you will find out that I did not say special needs. Right. I, I said I said I said kids. And I think what you said about kids, whether they're special needs or not, is despicable.
3: Okay. All right. I think them losing their education for years and never going to recover because you failed them is despicable. Thank you, sir.
0: Okay. We are about at closing time. Brendan, do you have anything else you need to ask?
2: Um, I guess we'll, we'll, we'll end with one, one more question. Uh, cause I think this is very, this has been very central to, to what the attorney general's office has been in this state, uh, and it is under statute, but, uh, for both the candidates, uh, how aggressive should the attorney general's office be in looking out for consumers in the state? Um, very, very quickly, but attorney general Raul, uh, we'll start with you.
4: I think we should be very aggressive. That's why I've been very aggressive with regards to the opioid crisis that has uh, plagued every corner of the state. I've been collaborative on a bipartisan basis, basis, both working with state's attorneys, as well as my attorney general colleagues from throughout the country. Um, We're we're in the end, we're gonna bring a billion dollars of over a billion dollars worth of resources to abate the problem. We've been aggressive about uh, uh, price gouging. We've been aggressive about uh, predatory lending, Institutions that have uh, preyed on students uh, within the state, uh, we, we've gone after uh, organizations that have uh, uh, deceptively marketed uh, to to kids on vaping and 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 in other uh, markets, um, and we brought back resources to the state in the process. For every dollar spent from the general state's general revenue fund on the state of uh, attorney general's office we 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 uh, for fiscal year 22 we brought back 39 dollars
2: all right um and then very quickly uh Mr. DeVore
4: no most of
3: what the attorney general said there is absolutely accurate you know fighting those issues that he's talking about for consumers is an extremely important role specifically he was talking about how they were preying on students and I respect him for doing that I just wish he would have uh Work a little bit harder to protect those students from uh, the governor's unnecessary mandates. But I digress. Uh,
2: all right, uh, and with that, I'm going to turn it back to Allison.
1: All right, uh, we've we've had a very uh, fruitful discussion here today. We we've, we've been through a lot of uh, topics. I think uh, voters will definitely see some clear differences. Um, so thank you all for participating. I, I very much appreciate it and. Um, for, you'll you'll see this on all our websites soon. So thank you.
3: Thank you, Allison. Thank you, thank you for Mr. Raul. Have a good manager. Thank you, Mr. Devore.